Hello, fellow worshipers. Welcome back to the Linwood Worship Podcast, podcast where I, AJ, share with you some thoughts about the whys behind what we do when we're leading our people in worship on Sunday mornings. We are continuing in our survey of our order of worship and continuing a conversation that I had a couple weeks back with Pastor Joel about preaching. This is part three of that conversation. Next week, we're going to move on in the liturgy to communion, but this week, the final week, on sermons. And so let's dive back into that conversation now. You want to talk about the difference between anthropocentric and anthropomorphic. So, so, so when, one thing we talk about in my catechism classes every year is I talk about, I try to give the kids in catechism some tools for how they can find churches and pick churches that are healthy and good churches when they move away, whether they're in college or anything. So I, I try to usually walk them through that. And, and one of the, I, we talked about several things, but we talk about preaching specifically. And the one thing I tell them is be very wary of any church where the main character is you, where the main character in any sermon is the person. Uh, and that is what we call anthropocentric service, uh, preaching. Anthropocentric is me. Anthropos is Greek for man. So that's man-centered preaching, uh, human-centered preaching. Um, and that's a problem because the Bible is not human-centered. The main character in Scripture is God. It's what right. God does. And, what, and so the sermon should be the same thing. Um, and we see anthropocentric sermons when you go to a church and they say, um, this week uh, we're starting a series on five best practices for parenting, for example. Um, how to be Christian parents. And have I ever that. told you about the prodigal son sermon I heard once? No. It was like seven steps to dealing with prodigal children. Seriously? Yeah. Oh my. See, there you go. That's, that's the perfect that's example. That's the perfect example. That's anthropocentric yeah. preaching. So what I tell the catechism kids is um, uh, you can find anthropocentric preaching a mile away because you can see the main character. Who's it about? In the end, did you feel like you learned more about God or did you learn more about yourself and who you should be? Yeah. Um, and so that, that's the first, uh, first thing. Now, the Bible is, is about God. Now, let's be very clear, though. The Bible is anthropomorphic in its language. And what we mean by that is it uses human language so that we can understand it. God has taken this incredible truth that we call the gospel, and he has told it in a story in Scripture from beginning to end in ways we can understand with stories of human people and human language and so forth. So even though the Bible uses human language, it isn't about humans. Right. It's for humans. It's not about humans. Uh, and so every sermon should be the same way. We use stories. We use human language. We use illustrations uh, to help explain. But in the end, the preaching has to be about God. It should be theocentric. And I would even go a little further. I think it should even be Christocentric, yeah. Christ-centered. Um, because uh, that's what the Bible is. The Bible is about the, Christ. Yeah. So... Uh, that's, that's one of the first things. And if people are watching online or looking for sermons online, that'd be the first thing I'd, I'd say is start learning to identify anthropomorphic sermons and stay away from them because they're yeah. not going to teach you. They're going to make you feel guilty. They're going to make you feel like you need to add up. They're going to make you feel uh, very, uh, or they can make you feel self-righteous yeah, because, oh, it. I'm seven, those seven ways I've got yeah. this nailed. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is that's extremely popular preaching. Mm -hmm. We really like it because... Yeah. It tells us what to do. It tells us specifically, um, you know, ways to be a parent. It, like this world is a confusing world. It's 
a difficult world. And, and, and to have this idea of, well, this is a Christian way to do this or Christian way to do that, it simplifies things. And a, right. lot, of, a lot of pastors, it is the easiest thing in the world to, to tell people what they want to hear. Yeah. Um, and anth- that's anthropocentric preaching. Yep. And that's not the pastor's job. The pastor's right. job in preaching is to tell people what God says and who he is and what God has done more specifically. Right. So to summarize, today we talked about how the Bible and also how sermons should not be anthropocentric, but they are by nature anthropomorphic. Now to review, those terms are kind of big and confusing. Anthropomorphic means having human characteristics. And we understand that the Bible is definitely anthropomorphic because it uses human languages, it uses human stories. Now, it's easy for us as self-centered individualists in a Western society to think that the Bible is anthropocentric and that sermons should also be anthropocentric. Anthropocentric means human-centered. But we know that the Bible is not centered around humans. It's not centered around us. It is centered around God and what he has done for us in Christ. Therefore, sermons should also be theocentric or even further, Christocentric. That is, Christ-centered. One of the best sermons that I've heard is by a guy named Matt Chandler, and it kind of shows this point very precisely, and it's called You're Not David. And what Matt Chandler does is he goes into that story of David and Goliath, and we often read it as though we're David facing down a giant, and we need to defeat it. But what Matt Chandler points out, and I think he does it correctly, is that we are not David in that situation. Jesus is David. We're the Israelites hiding in our tents who just sent out a little boy to go and fight a giant. And so what does that say about us? What does that say about who God is? And what does that say even more importantly about what God has done for us in Christ? And of course, we know the end of that story. David defeats Goliath. And we know even further that David's victory over, a, over Goliath is a foretaste, a foreshadowing of Christ's victory over the enemy of sin and death. So in preparation for our discussion this week, please consider anything in this episode that may have been new to you, that may have been a kind of old news, something you already understood, or maybe even something that you found yourself disagreeing with.